0: On today's episode of Shooting the Breeze, we talk about social media hype when it comes to the weather and the dreaded social meteorologist. We'll explain what we're talking about and the positives and the negatives of such a thing. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. And enjoy our conversation as we shoot the breeze with your local weather authority. hello. Hi. I'm your local weather authority chief meteorologist Chris Yates, joined by meteorologist Molly Naisland. Hello. And meteorologist Adam Sherwinski. Hi there. How you guys doing?
1: Great. I this. Molly, you seem
0: to be upset that I didn't squeak the mic, so here we go. Yes. There we go. We got the mic squeaked back in. All right, that's it for everything, (laughs) folks. Nice seeing you.
1: (laughs) Have a good night. (laughs) uh, That's the whole episode.
2: Uh, that's well, actually one of the highlights of the episode, not really. Hopefully not. <laughs> that, Hopefully I not. will
1: say, that was really funny when I went back and listened to that one. That was really uh, it, was, it was funny. It
0: was funny. I, honestly, I, was, I just looked to my left, and I couldn't see it. <laughs> it was a big <laughs> pull. So, anyway. It's hard just not to see me. I'm pretty big. Yeah, but I want to see the face. I want to see the glow. Uh, okay, the glow. It, the glow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, Chris. Uh, topic at hand, uh, the social media. What I like to call is the social meteorologist, which is those yeah. who, who kind of type up. We all see them, right? The, mm-hmm. You know, you get the, it's big in the winter, especially with the dreaded yeah. 24 inches of snow. And it, and you happen to see one of those posts like every week.
1: Don't forget about the all caps intro and then just a random photo. It's <laughs>
2: <That's Yeah>. true. <laughs> uh, actually, I was just reading an article from, I don't remember where it was from, to be off the top of my head. I just read it before we got in here. Um, and it was, Back in 2019, uh, there was a page called Meteorologists. Now, the meteorologist was all caps. Yeah, and they, they were still pre- exist. Oh, really? They yeah, still they still exist. It's a it's a page, and they were saying like this. You know, they had the uh, asterisks and the, the the dot dot dot, big letters, you know, capitalizations all over the place. And I was reading, it and I'm like, that just sounds. And it said killer storm, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And they said most of the snow is gonna be uh it's like we're still on the way for this and most of the snow is going to be in minnesota and i think it read it verified only five inches of snow five inches tops anywhere in minnesota that day so
0: yeah ugh. yeah we it's important to remember especially as we go into the severe weather season because you're going to see this with severe weather as well um over the next couple of months it's big in the winter when you can put a snow when you can you know everybody has access these days to weather models and what people don't realize is these models spit out a lot of
2: garbage, especially several days, if not weeks, out. I mean, I try not to pay too much attention after 130 hours out on the GFS, which is a long-range model, mm-hmm. anyways. It goes pretty far. I think two weeks, three weeks. How far does it go, Chris? Yeah, two, two, three weeks. It goes pretty far, and I, I think after 135, I just, I, I look at it. I see that it's there, but I don't really write it, like, make too much of a note of it. I just go yep. oh, that, that, that's there we'll the, see how that pans out. The
1: favorite of all of the meteorologists out there is I'm going to take the very last frame of the GFS. I'm going to slap that on my page with a big all caps title that kind of only barely ties in with what they're posting.
2: I think what bugs me the most is that people don't some of the people that are probably posting I understand at least a little bit what the GFS is about and like how it works and how it'll show one thing one day and the next one run it won't show the same thing uh at that same time t- uh time stamp but people at home don't know that mm-hmm, like no. the people who aren't meteorologists uh, i had a friend who posted something the other day uh and i commented back it's like i wouldn't put too much into this and i don't think anything came of it and uh, you know but he's like, what if it does i'm like well if it does it does but i wouldn't write you know i wouldn't dwell too much on it another friend of mine he was uh, talking about oh what do you think about the snow on thursday i'm like i don't think it's gonna snow on thursday and this was like Wednesday, the Wednesday before that Thursday. So it was Wednesday, Thursday, and then that following week. He's like, Oh, there's a good amount of moisture on and everything. I'm like, I mean, dude, I don't pay, I'm not paying it too that much attention. I'm more concerned about what's happening this weekend because A, that's my shift, and B, that's a little bit easier to see what's going to happen there. And nothing happened. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. he was so concerned with that Thursday and nothing happened.
0: That's the way things usually go. Uh, and it's not just the GFS, it's all models. Yes. There? Um, a lot of folks don't understand. When you read model data, a, a lot of the time it's using a very simple base algorithm, especially for, let's take snow, for instance. And so that's calculating everything f- as with f- frozen precip, or if the atmosphere is below 32 degrees, everything is considered snow at a 10 to 1 ratio. Well, uh, that's not how it works in real life. And so thing, even if it's accurately depicting, you know, uh, where this heavier snow is going to fall, the amounts are going to be way, way off because of the ratios alone. And, and quite frankly, uh, models just can't resolve it. Uh, they can't resolve especially in the long term uh, things. Now, things get a little better, a little clear. Uh, but, I mean, if, if I were to go and screenshot every time our models depicted heavy bullseye snowfall in central Illinois, I guarantee you at this point in the season, it would have been predicting at least 100 inches of snow. Right, but where are we at right now? Twenty four, mm-hmm. and so and actually, and that that you can do that anywhere uh, across much of the country, except for maybe the deep south. I mean, but you're gonna even then, you're gonna find moments where the models are spitting out two to three feet of snow in Georgia, and you're like, uh, but it's and it somehow makes its way to social media, and and so and it's a problem. Now, I'm not one to wanna silence people from getting involved in this. That's right. I like people to express themselves, so it's kind of important. Uh, instead of rather just yanking those posts necessarily down, but asking people who— because you, if you ever see the reach on those, and maybe they pay to boost their post or whatnot, um, but if you see the reach, I mean, it's, it's hundreds of thousands of people mm-hmm. see these forecasts. And there is a problem with that because somebody may cancel an important doctor's appointment, may cancel— an important trip to do something because they see something three weeks out and they're going to take it as
2: gospel. And that's the thing. It's the wording on it too. Killer storm. I mean, I wouldn't, pan any storm that even was dangerous, I wouldn't put the word killer in front of it. It might cause some deaths, but I wouldn't put that on my posts because that just, that's going to scare people immediately. You got to watch the wording of what you say too. That's really important. And I think when you put the killer, dangerous, deadly outbreak of whatever, you know, it's going to be, people are immediately going to, they see the word killer. They're going to instantly think, well, I got to cancel everything. We got to hunker down, buy as much food as possible. And, it, it probably won't pan out to that way. Yeah, that's, yeah, so
0: exactly. you got to be careful what you read, where you got to understand where it's coming from. And so we ask, um, make sure you get a trusted source mm-hmm. when you're getting your your weather information. and everybody has a different source. and not asking you, I mean we would like you to trust our mm-hmm. forecast. Yeah. but look, if you've got your if you've got your guy or your gal that you like to go to or you' guy you got an app you swear by, then then trust that. But if you see something that comes across your Facebook feed and you're like, "Um, "Okay, I'm going to take it for God. But if you don't know where it's coming from, don't trust it.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, that's I've seen so many friends post that, too. And I think it's a lot of it. They're also friends that aren't meteorologists, too. I've got a lot of friends on Mm -hmm. Facebook that are fellow Mets and then some that are. Uh, just regular old regular people not that that's anything wrong with that but it's you can tell when a meteorologist is posting something and when a somebody that's not really deep into that knowledge of weather posts something because one seems a little bit more outlandish and one it's one of those when i have a friend that from meteorology that does that it's like okay let me look into that like that's kind of interesting the other way it's like wow they're just that's terrifying and it's like i see why you would want to post that because you want to warn others but it's you know you got to take it all with a grain of salt too
0: exactly and I do be clear, I don't want to do, there are a lot of uh, folks who hobbyists mm-hmm. who, yeah. who who love to get into this, and i I don't want to discourage them. because oh, yeah. it is good for them to look at stuff. It is good for them to understand. And the only way they're going to get better is to keep looking at it. Yeah,, uh, but guess got to be careful what you post. You know, mm-hmm. you know, hey, you understand that a model that is depicting a massive snowstorm or a massive, let's say tornado outbreak going in as we had in the spring. Um, five days out is probably not going to verify. Uh, so there's there's ways to to start talking about these things without causing panic and and you know express uncertainty in the forecast. And that's where I think a lot of meteorologists. What we try to do is, hey, look, we don't know this. Uh, I was asked, uh, for instance, for this upcoming week and about any severe weather potential. We're, I mean, there's at times the models have been like, whoa, that's actually quite a good setup. Mm-hmm. And then as you get closer things start to come a little more clear and you're like, well, you know, we but we never were talking on air, you know, about, whoa, this is, you know. So we start talking about, hey, we we'll see where it goes and we'll mention mm-hmm. the possibility.
2: That's what you and I were talking about earlier this week mm-hmm. when we saw uh uh, one of the models for next week and it was it was kind of interesting to say like well, we'll, well just look at it and it's like oh yeah that that, that, that does look pretty good and uh, you know it's it's weird to see that you know not weird to see but it's kind of cool to see how it, it's evolved from then well, hmm? we've had more runs you've had more data we've had more information to come in to kind of adjust what that's going to say and a lot of people don't think that they don't realize that it's always taking in current data for these models to yeah. understand what's going to happen next Um, And they don't go into the chaos theory, which I'm not going to go into chaos theory. But once you get to a certain point, those models start to go from possible, possible to just outlandish. I can't tell you how many times I've seen the GF. Yeah.
0: So let's go. If you've looked at the long range, this is going into next weekend. So Mm -hmm. this is going to be mid-March. The models have somebody approached me or or sent me a message saying, hey, uh, I saw a source saying calling for snow. Already, you know another round of snow i'm like okay well that's whatever i I mean i'm not seeing that at this point i i know where they're getting it from but it doesn't i'm like that doesn't mean it's going to happen and you look at the models the temperature spread for that time frame the highs range from 65 to 35 Mm, that's just for your high temperatures i'm like well so yeah there are some models spitting out snow but good luck knowing what's going to happen with Mm -hmm. that kind of temperature range The weather pattern, you know, we're starting to see it's going to change, and we'll figure that out when we get there. But would I be forecasting snow this far out? No. No.
2: No.
1: No. I've always, and this is coming from some of my college experience as well, a lot of my friends that were in meteorology started doing their own Facebook pages and stuff, trying to get themselves out there. In college especially, I noticed this. Some of my friends would kind of butt heads a little bit with some of these other pages that were posting essentially misinformation at that point just because it was you know a model data that was very far out wasn't completely up to date and they would try to butt heads just a little bit on social media trying to say hey this isn't the right thing to be posted this is more of what we're focusing on now is this part of the forecast not this thing that's one two two and a half weeks out yeah so uh
2: yeah no i had friends that would actually they would look far down the stretch like we did but at the same time, I he at first he's a buddy of mine. He's a storm chaser, a really great guy. Uh, he would first get really excited about it. it's like oh looking good, looking good. And I tell him Cameron, we'll have to wait and see. About that time period comes up, I said, so are you chasing today? No, I'm not chasing today. Have you seen it out there? I'm like, <laughs> exactly. I don't. Uh, and I would, early on, I realized not to go too crazy with model data. Like just to I don't say take it one day at a time, but I take each model run at a certain time and i take each day i guess i guess each day at a time too and just to see what's going to happen because i'll have that in the back of my head okay it's been spitting out this how long is it going to spit that out and nine times out of ten it's something completely different or slightly different at least
0: all meteorologists go through a growing phase Mm -hmm. um you know i was just like that in college looking at the long range stuff finding every possible excuse to and then, and then remember thinking it's going to definitely happen this time, <laughs> and then it never, it never comes together. Oh yeah. And every meteorologist does that. It, it, you look at something, you're like, wow, especially nowadays because we have more, we have access to more information than ever before, mm-hmm. and more quickly too, and, and a lot quickly. Yeah. And, and and everybody has it on their. I mean, I can anywhere, in line at McDonald's or whatever, I could pull up a model and and see what the latest model run is doing. And so we can, you know, on my smartphone, and that's the way things are. And so it, it you have to kind of hold back the temptation to go on, oh, it's going to happen this time. And, and you know, just understand, hey, we're still so far out. Let's not create panic. We'll, we'll keep an eye on the situation over the next couple of days. So to kind of combat that, because I don't want to pull people off, you know, social media for, for these things, unless they're using one problem that I know we have come across uh, in the past, are people actually using, uh, pulling station graphics down, really, or, and copying banners and stuff? Mm. And now you're getting into some legal, yeah, legal, that, legal issues, or, or, using the National Weather Service's um, logos and, or their, their types of warnings and stuff, and then issuing their own stuff. And now you're getting into an area where okay, now you're you could be in causing some sort of panic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and because now you you've got something that looks a lot like a government source and so we've had that problem that was big that was a big problem especially at the onset of all this I think some of that has calmed down a little bit now you just get a lot of raw model output Mm -hmm. Um, but that's something um, yeah that I know the the weather service has been combating on their end Uh, but for for tv stations it's been folks uh, taking graphics of theirs and then changing things and putting it out there and and so just be careful
2: uh in your experience uh chris if i may ask since you are been in the business a little bit longer than molly and i have i mean uh how how much of this has because you kind of started getting into it when social media like started to really get more be more of a part of our uh as meteorologists part of our like our our i started our
0: my my last station i started the social media pages for yeah at least uh at least for the weather stuff.
2: And so Uh, tell me about your experience going from the beginning of the onset of being a meteorologist in that kind of era, in the beginning of your career, to now, I guess, dealing with meteorologists. It's,
0: it it got, to me, it doesn't seem as bad now, but I'm also in a different part of the country, and I'm not, honestly, I'm not, I'm not surfing social media as much as I was um, five years ago. Yeah. But. Um, but that's because it's worked to me. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, uh, but it's still it's still a problem. Back then, though, it wasn't it wasn't a huge deal. Facebook was um, at the time, and I don't even think Twitter was really around yet when I was at least for this kind of. Thing, I didn't get Twitter until it like was, 2011. So. it was for news. I mean, it was there, but we never really utilized it for weather purposes. It was just too too quick updating, and it, it, we just didn't realize the potential for that. Um, but yeah, we started seeing more and more pages popping up. And you can kind of see, okay, this is actually going to end up being being a problem. And even in college, we had a, there were a few uh, pages. This was before really they had the professional pages thing for Facebook. Everybody just had you had just friends, and so people would friend these people that would just go out and put out all this stuff. And it was getting it. You can see it in college that it was starting to ramp up. It didn't take long, and you saw where it was going. And then in you know 2008 to 2012, it was a little little got a little bad there with some of the stuff I've seen, but we still get it. I mean mm-hmm. it um, you just get more of it and I think people are people are I mean there's more shares and stuff but people I think are more more eye rolly over it um, but you're you know you got a lot of folks folks listening to this podcast will go maybe thinking this was, well I never I never trust that stuff anyway. But you got to take yourself. You're if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a weather enthusiast, or you mm-hmm. you like enough weather to listen to us, yeah, to, which we appreciate, which we yeah, appreciate. Yeah. And it, you know that you were kind of mumbling, but you got to understand. Remove yourself out of that out of that weather weenie mentality, and put yourself into somebody who doesn't know, just occasionally happens to look at their phone app to find out it's raining or it's going to rain that afternoon,
2: or watches you, or watches t- the newscast, and that's the only time they get and that's weather. It. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. and so. Um, they may not realize. They may see that, and you know, here's what I like to see is that when people see that, I usually get bombarded with messages.
2: That's what I was going to ask. Ask next is uh, you know, what's usually the response when you see those things? Like, do people come to you and say, "What's what's going to happen, and, Chris?" A
0: lot for our, our a lot of the folks in our uh, in our industry actually I really get real frustrated, and it, it is frustrating because it's just an onslaught of messages that never never ends until you address it. Um, to me, I'm like, look, hey, at least they're coming to you. Mm-hmm. That means if they're coming to you, if they're asking you, they trust you. And so, you know, I say, hey, look, keep asking those questions. And then I'll usually end up addressing it when I get when I get into work because a lot of them come up. It's usually a morning, and I'm not working, and my phone all of a sudden starts blowing up because somebody posted something at midnight the night before. <laughs> and, you know, they showed that dreaded run. I'm like, oh, there. I'm like, oh boy. And so when I get in, I'm like, all right, here's the deal. No, this is <laughs>
2: right. But uh,
0: at least, you know, at least they're asking the questions because that means they trust you.
1: Yeah.
2: Which I, I, I do appreciate because, like I said, my buddy was like, have you looked at this and this? And at least he talked to me about it. Mm-hmm. I think part of it was like, part of it was what he even said. I just want to make a conversation with you in your own field. And I was like, I appreciate that. But at the same time, wait a minute, let's roll back a little bit and let's dissect this a little bit. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's um It's just interesting to see that there are pages too that do something similar, but they do it, I think they do it well. They don't do the GFS Mm -hmm. 100 billion hours out. They go, hey, this is, you know, they they start to get more nitty and gritty with it, like as most meteorologists would. And um, I can't really think of some pages off the top of my head, but there are pages out there that aren't really tied to a specific meteorologist or a meteorology Mm -hmm. organization but they'll they'll try
0: to frame it as more of a discussion yeah and i think that's pretty cool that's cool however sometimes i have found that people miss the discussion take the image and just share it and and without understanding what they're looking at kind of like out of taking it out of context so we i mean look if you are if you are a weather enthusiast out there and you're thinking about and you are doing maybe you are out there forecasting or you're out there you know trying to be part great you know, just be careful. Don't post raw model output. You'll never see me post. And look, this happens in the news industry too, and it and it drives me up a wall sometimes. Depending on what they're showing, um, but if you see model forecast even from a news station, and it says GFS model, Euro model, snowfall, and if you're only seeing one image, just understand that there's a lot more to that story that you're not seeing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a, if you're at a station, you're actually now if you're showing if you're showing a bar graph or a line graph of all the different types of models, I think at least you're getting a little more context, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that's that's something else. And you know, because now you're saying now you're trying to explain where you're coming from, where your forecast is going to. But if you're just throwing a 12 inches of snow in Peoria, Illinois, seven days from now, and that's your, and you're just throwing it out there to the general public, and in, to most people. And I'm gonna even watching that, I'm gonna take that as your forecast because now you've just a, you've just a you slapped your brand on that and you're not, even though it's labeled as snowfall potential. I'm like, don't put anything on air, you're not comfortable standing by. Mm-hmm. You know unless I know if you're trying to talk about um, some context, that's one thing, but just posting one image on social media
2: doesn't give a lot of context that's why we got a bunch of graphics in our weathercast (laughs) exactly there's context there's a lot of context it's like okay we're going to talk about the snow but let's talk about what's happening to lead up before we get to snow or even the potential of snow or even why we could see conditions like you know we have a lot of who what where where, how to get to the main meat of the story and and the
0: reason i know this because i mean look i've done this before i've i've done i've been guilty of doing that early in my career
2: I think a lot of meteorologists it's have a, too. It's
0: a growing thing. Yeah, and so that's why I'm saying I'm looking at it and I go, well, those were mistakes. Don't do that. It doesn't. It never works out in your favor as a meteorologist. You just you're just setting yourself up for failure at that point. So step back, take a look at everything, try to encompass uh, the entire conversation, get as much context in there. And I used to say, "Well, I'll post this image, but I'm going to have a very long explanation. Well, here's the thing: nobody's going to read that. Yeah. They're going to see the picture." And I'll read it. <laughs> well, we will. But the general public's is like, this is a four paragraph. Oh, I, I'm done. I saw the image. That's all I need to know. It's because we're a bunch of nerds. <laughs> In
2: a good way. In a so, good way.
0: Again, there's places for it. But, uh, yeah, just at home. Be careful what you're, you know, make sure it's a trusted source. And even if it is a trusted source, you know, make sure that you know that these are folks. If they, if they do have a habit of just slapping their branding on a model and running with it, I, I would kind of like, eh, shrug it off. Don't take it yeah you know, take it for what it is, which is just a raw model output showing you something that's probably not going to happen.
1: I mean that's kind of another reason why we like doing all of our video updates and stuff too, because at that point we're having a conversation with people mm-hmm. and we're able to really explain this is what is happening, this is what we are predicting is going to happen, and it's not just throwing something out there and leaving it. It's a full conversation which we love to do, especially in this industry
0: yeah mm-hmm. the, ad, the ad the the Facebook live stuff mm-hmm. for me has been. Uh, has been awesome uh, for getting the word out, and actually, you know, trying to the best we can to talk to the people who, you know, answering their exact questions about a situation. This is, and this is especially true for severe weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, you could say, "What time is a tornado going to hit my house, or isn't going to hit?" We don't know the answer to that question, so you can ask it all you want, but you're going to get it. You're going to get a very vague look. It's possible, you know, there's going to be. Storms with tornadoes, or there's going to be storms with hail, and if they're going to come through, they're going to come through between this window. But that's about it. But th- I, if you're asking me, are we going to get hit? I there's we can't tell you that.
2: I think another thing people have to re- realize too is not all forecasters have the same forecast. I mean well, that's true. I mean yeah. there might be a general consensus on one or two different things, but I mean my forecast, if I were to make a forecast, and then Chris were to make a forecast right now, and then Molly were to make a forecast right now and We were just not even looking at off of each other, knowing what each other has seen, just going on our own abouts, it would be a little different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably the same message overall. Yeah, but there will... numbers would be slightly different. Timing might be a slightly different, but the idea would still be the same.
0: Yeah, and, and you'll have the general idea. It'll all be similar. Right. Now, look, there are going to be some Mets that pick up things a lot sooner or a lot faster. Um, I mean, I've had some pretty big, big wins and some pretty big busts. In my, even in my career, but even in my time here in central Illinois. Um, but eventually over time, you start to pick up, you start to see things. It's almost pattern recognition. You start, you see things, you're yep. like, I know this pattern. I got, and I was really good at this back in, in Colorado and Wyoming, and it's just now I'm starting to see that here in central Illinois. It's taken me this long to get there you know, because, I, you know, I was still, you know, I came in and I know a lot of stuff. But the weather here was a lot different than what it was in Colorado and Wyoming. And I could tell you what, based on the pattern, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to happen out there with a lot more confidence than I could tell you. But now, you know, over the years, you see something, you start to recognize patterns. You're like, you know what, this actually has a chance of doing something now because, and then sure enough, it'll happen to some degree. and but, you know,
2: it's not perfect. And that's why uh, that intuition, that forecaster intuition, after you doing it for years and years, does play, I think, more specific, a better role than just showing raw model output. Because yeah. you can interpret it a little bit mm-hmm. di- differently. So, I mean, um, there are pages I follow um, that aren't, I wouldn't call them meteorologists, but they do talk about weather in different t- aspects. So, like, uh, one is Today in Weather History. I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. I might have to be wrong on that. But they literally just post a picture from, like, 1874, something something tornado that did this much damage in this place and it has like a picture of it or like you know that that kind of stuff i'd find i love weather history because there's so many interesting things to see like if they have a picture of the uh, tupelo mississippi one from years and years ago from the 50s like that kind of stuff is really interesting to me or the 40s 30s i don't remember but those are the kind of ones that are really interesting to me because yeah it's a meteorology page they're not really putting out forecasts but they're still talking about it and i like the pages that kind of steer that conversation not just about the forecast because there's a lot more to meteorology than just the forecast too
0: absolutely um there's going to be a lot of it's about impacts you know a lot of folks want to know what's the how much snow am i going to get um but let's say there's uh let's say the forecast is for six inches of snow but there's no wind it's happening at night and you know but then let's say now we're going to get three inches of snow out of another storm, but there's a lot more wind. What the impacts are probably going to be worse with the lighter snow than the bigger one, mm-hmm. and so it's not always about what's you know what has the bigger number or that. It, it sometimes it comes down to impacts, and so um, try to find a source that's also talking about the impacts. What's going to impact you? How is it going to impact you? The when, the where's, um, the the hows, and you know. So if you're interested, maybe the whys. I mean, we try to get into the whys sometime on our forecast, so two and a half minutes, three minutes is not a lot of time to do that on TV, but that's where our social media stuff kind of goes into. We can kind of dive into that.
2: That's why I do a Facebook Live every once in a while at around 10 to 10, 10 to 11, where I just do casual weather talks.
0: Yeah, there you go. And that's a, good, that's a good time to dive into the why.
2: And I keep it very casual. It's like, what are your questions? Mm-hmm. Let's answer your questions. All right, cool. If I don't have a specific answer, I'll try to work on it. Sometimes Molly walks in on my yeah. Uh,
1: sometimes they just kind of appear in the background and, my, and then fo- disappear. My Facebook
2: lives and they're they're but they're meant to go behind the stuff that Molly said or you said or I said <laughs> the other day. You know, just kind of say, okay, we talked about here's our chances for this, and then someone can ask, well, why are we getting that? And I can go, okay, here's why we're gonna see this or. Um, maybe something that wasn't really addressed as well maybe they said okay well about uh next week and i can tell them hey next week we're not really expecting this or we are expecting this or this is what model output's been so far however take it with a grain of salt you know i can kind of dive in a little bit more than what you guys because you guys get what 245 to three maybe sometimes three and a half if we're yeah. lucky so there's not we can't get as much into it as we want to but this allows people to see kind of the, the forecast and beyond behind it what the thinking is and beyond uh just what we just spat out that morning or said that morning i shouldn't say spit out
0: yeah you know just so just you know as we head into severe weather season just make sure you're trusting make sure you're getting your information from a from a verifiable source that you trust and if that's us we love that that's great Mm -hmm. if you love uh, the competition fine we prefer you to like us, but yeah, you know, yeah. Weather We're Service biased. is also Weather Service
2: is also a, a good source too. And, I, and I love following uh, the National Weather Service; yep, they and got so great info. And social and, media is actually pretty good. Yep. So be sure to
0: be sure to check that out. Uh, and you know, one before we leave, uh, before one parameter, one thing I want you all to watch out for and see how many times uh, you guys see this come across your social media feeds is somebody posting the Significant tornado parameters. Ahead ah, of Sigtor. Yeah, good old
1: SIGTOR. So,
0: just this was a big. Uh, so, we had a lot of this back. This was back in March of last year. We had a we had some very high SIGTOR values uh, for an event. Now, we did get tornadoes. We had that was the day we had one come through Peoria.
1: That was end of March.
0: End of March. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, a lot of. But the social media hype there, and look, there was reason. There was some there was some significant concern because the setup, it looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we had very good shear, decent instability, or we were expecting it to come in. Now, it was not as high as it was expected to be. Uh, more on that in just a moment. But the raw, if you look at it, the basics were kind of there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, even the National—I think the National Weather Service— they might have put out – was it a PDS tornado watch they, for that?
1: They put out a PDS that day. Yeah.
0: So, And those are the ones – and when you start getting into the PDS tornado, you're talking serious um, – you're talking the potential for some very – Particularly dangerous situation. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what PDS means. So you're talking about some very big potential tornadoes. Now, they revised that down later in the night because the instability just never materialized. Mm-hmm. The storm came in a little later than expected, and so storms were slow to fire. But when they fired, they were rotating – and so we, we ended up getting a few tornadoes. But the because the models were overdone on the instability, at least early on, we had uh, S, uh, SIGTOR parameters that were through the roof. Mm-hmm. And people were getting really nervous because they were just seeing these maps. And every hype train was like, hey, this is going to be a massive tornado outbreak. Well, we only had, I think we had two or three out of that whole system yeah, here in Central. Yeah. And, and they were small they were brief thankfully uh we did obviously one touchdown bartonville came through peoria and it was an ef1 tornado is what it was rated as could have been much worse mm-hmm. uh, situation but that turned out that turned out for the better but we ask you you know i don't think we ever went to error with sigtour now we obviously talked about hey there there's going to be storms but there's still questions as to how unstable we're going to get but if storms are able to develop, they will certainly be capable of producing tornadoes.
2: Mesoscale and microscale features aren't always picked up by models. Uh, exactly, especially uh, some of the larger models, because um, you could have something that looks really good uh, on on synoptically or a big scale, uh, and as you look forward, and it looks like it's going to be good, going to be good. But I've seen days where it looks like it's going to be perfect. And nothing happened. Yep. Because of something that happened, there wasn't a, there was too much cloud cover. wasn't enough shear. wasn't enough instability. That we never uh, even had rain that day because something happened there. You know, there's always something there that models don't pick up. And I think people also need to realize, and especially during severe weather season. You, yep. And
0: yeah. as you go into the summer,
2: um, it's going to be warm air aloft, mm-hmm.
0: and that is very challenging for the models to pick up because if it's if it's just a little too thick, if you can't get through it. If the air can't rise to that warm air, you're just going to end up with a warm and muggy day and not have any storms.
2: Yeah. And people, and, and I shouldn't say people, but uh, GFS and all those models don't always pick that up. Nope. And even on days where it's the day of, you know, we finally pick that up a little too. Sometimes it'll be like halfway through the, the day or what would normally be the event. We go, maybe this is going to be a bust. Yep,
0: And that's where the, that's where the, uh, the soundings from the weather service, mm-hmm. the weather balloon launches. And, look, uh, ahead of active or, or big severe weather days, they'll do special launches mm-hmm. to sample the atmosphere. And that's where we finally see what the atmosphere is actually doing because we can look at it, and there's it's just all model data. There's some satellite stuff that helps us out. You know, we mm-hmm. can see where things are starting to bubble a little bit, and mm-hmm. we can see if that's going to help. And so, you know, there's a lot of signs we can look at, but um, sometimes yeah, it kind of takes up until the hour before that we either know it's going to happen or it's, or it's not going to happen. Yep.
1: Thun- thunderstorm activity is very much an hour-by-hour hour situation yep. just because there are so many things that factor into it, and all of those things can change in an instant. And, of course, that's what we're here for to keep an eye on. It's our job. And we love it.
0: <laughs> all right. You guys want to give this one a wrap? and
1: call it good like a like a crunch wrap uh chicken <laughs> uh, wrap what kind of wrap are we talk i about haven't here? had
2: lunch i'm starving Me neither.
1: i'm thinking yeah. food right now yeah. Same. food
0: all right well we got to leave with our corny joke and so this one i cannot uh, take credit for i got picked up from rebecca brumfield but i thought it was funny it's not quite weather related but i think you'll all get a kick out of it all right knock knock who's, who's there? there you Yoo-hoo. you who
2: Big summer blowout, half-off swimming suits, clogs, and a sunbalm of my own invention. Yeah? <laughs> 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 uh-